Hey, y'all. Thank you for joining us it's on only, this midweek it's fix. It's only 15 minutes late. We're 15 minutes late. Uh-oh. It's uh, technology's fault. We'll yeah. just say it's technology's fault. Prince of Pound Airways, there man. We go. There we go. Make sure you guys uh, share the show. Hit the share button right now. I'll do oh. that right now. And uh, we can't wait for the rally in South Dakota. So excited about it. We're even more excited about it this last week. Why? You know? Why? Well, you know, just kind of watching Nate and some of that go down again, you know, kind of get my old defy defy tyrant kind of thing, you know, blood get flowing again. I got to give you, you know, Texas, they they removed all their uh, mandate restrictions and mask mandates I've been enjoying watching him get lit up online. (laughs) Did he apologize for the mask mandate to begin with? No, no, no. But he uh-huh. said he said he yesterday should. everything is going back to normal in Texas, oh. and it had to be because of CPAC. You think so? You think so? You know, like yeah. like Governor Nome getting up there and just saying, "Hey, look, you know, I was the only governor in the U.S. Right. You know, that the, did not shut down churches or businesses. Right? You know, there's a lot of Jesus Woo! missing at CPAC. I want to say that. So that's first and foremost. Oh, yeah, the yeah. other thing that was missing at CPAC was, you know, it's a conservative conference. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of I'm sorry missing at CPAC. I'm sorry. I put a mandate on you. I'm sorry. I shut yeah. you down. No yeah. repentance. No going repentance on. going on. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like CPAC. God's going to have to send wave four and wave five oh. of COVID Ooh. crazy. Oh, hey, this show is brought to you by Larson Hicks. <laughs> Who? He's a he's a buddy of ours down in Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah, uh, he started oh. helped start a church called Trinity Reformed Church. You yes. can find it Trinity Reformed Huntsville. Um, at, uh, oh, that's their email address. TrinityFormedKirk.com is their web address. Um, and they're looking for a pastor. They're growing. They're like oh. exploding. It's basically a COVID church. It started because huh. they were Christians that wanted to meet, and they didn't care about um, wow. COVID. They didn't care about um, It's tyr- a COVID baby. <laughs> tyranny. It's a COVID that's baby. Like, there's COVID babies, and there's COVID <laughs> churches. And this one is blowing up in Huntsville, Alabama. They got wow. a lot going on. Uh, maybe a Christian school starting, um, I think he said, like 30 families in church last Sunday. They need wow. a pastor. So if wow. you're a pastor, check out um, trinityreformedkirk.com or email Larson Hicks at trinityreformedhuntsville at gmail.com. They're also willing to be creative, a one-year pastoral assistant to help them, or a more seasoned minister <laughs> looking, looking, looking for yeah. a short-term call. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, do you love Jesus and you love the Bible? Yeah. And you qualify. And, and, you're, you and you're a man. And you're, well, you qualify. And, and you like <laughs> Alabama white sauce. Yeah, anyways, uh, check it out. Hey, with us on the line right now, uh, Mr. Joseph Backholm, Senior Fellow for Worldview, Biblical Worldview and Strategic Engagement at Family Research Council. Yeah. Uh, Joseph's an old old cross-politic friend. Yes. Um, previously, he served as legal counsel and director of What Would You Say at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview, where he developed and launched a growing platform that created short, animated videos answering common questions about faith and culture. His YouTube career began when he self-identified as a 6'5 Chinese woman. That's true. In a series on YouTube, That's true. YouTube videos. Those blue eyes. What a beautiful blue-eyed Chinese woman he is. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he served as a legislative attorney for three years, spent 10 years as the president and general counsel of the Family Policy Institute of Washington in Washington State. And um, he's led three ballot initiatives on marriage and gender privacy. Um, he's from Washington. And um, he's now living all over the place. Um, but he received his bachelor's degree from the University of Washington, his law degree from Seattle University. He and his wife, Brooke, have four kids. Joseph, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Hey, Joseph, Good to be with you. are those kids baptized? You baptizing babies, Joseph? Just wondering. Just asking for a friend. Uh, yes, they, oh. they have been. And actually, you guys will appreciate at a good CREC church. And actually, before we, before we get going. Um, <laughs> We're going to have a revival like up in here. <laughs> 
I, I should say that um, if anybody has any church recommendations, because you guys are talking about what's going on in Huntsville. Yeah. My family's actually relocating to Raleigh and we are looking for a church where people aren't masked. Mm. So if anybody out there um, can, you know, it's, it's actually a really good way to filter right now. It is. Yeah, that's for real. Uh-oh. Absolutely. New so, if anybody has a lead in Raleigh, let me know. <laughs> it's a great way to filter. There's no litmus test for me. Uh, you, just, you just peek your head in the church. Anybody wear a mask? Uh, yeah. All right. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Joseph, on our minds is the Equality Act. Um, yeah. And I know you've been doing some thinking about this. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of links, a bunch of articles going around. So what is the Equality Act and, and how bad is it? Well, at its, um, at its most basic level, it adds sexual orientation and gender identity to the non-discrimination law federally. So the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're kind of everybody's familiar with the civil rights law, which prohibits discrimination on the basis of race and gender and uh, religion as well. So it, it, the, the, the history of that is, um, you know, you can't have a restaurant that only serves white people. Right. You can't deny women the right to vote, those kind of things. And so, but this would create additional protected classes based on gender identity and sexual orientation. So that's what it does at, you know, it's kind of the, on paper, that's what it does. In reality, it has the government take sides in the culture wars and, and basically create uh, anybody who doesn't think a man can become a woman or that marriage is a relationship between two men where it's discrimination to believe those things. And your relationship with the government um, is is difficult. You colleges lose funding for uh, not putting two men in married student housing, for example, um, and a whole litany of things that really make life difficult for people who just believe orthodox, historical, normal things about marriage and sexuality. Can you can you actually walk through some of that litany for us? Yeah. Like, so I mean, again, how bad is it? I mean. You, you mentioned, you know, gay dudes and married student housing. Where else does this affect yeah. people? Well, the, it's really a long list, and I don't know that we fully understand all the implications mm. of this. Some of it, I mean, we, we talk about, like, um, with, I mentioned colleges. We have things like um, adoption agencies. These stories have been, uh, we've heard some of these stories uh, in the past because, um, these laws have been passed at the state and municipal level for decades. Yeah. I mean, this, this is not a new idea. It's just a new idea federally. So you have states where you've already shut down adoption agencies because they wouldn't place kids with a same-sex couple. One of the uh, most talked about implications of this has to do with, with sports and Title IX. Yeah. And the fact that boys would be – well, institutions would be required to allow boys – or men to compete with girls, provided they said they are female. Right. And you have, um, you know, women's shelters. That, you know, you have mm. women's shelters that their their, exi- their purpose is to serve women who are abused. Right. Give them a safe place to get away. Right. Those shelters would be required by federal law to house men who identify with women in those shelters with women who are escaping abusive relationships. Same things would happen. Mm. In prisons, yeah. where you would, the, the federal law would require prisons to put men in a women's facility as soon as the men said they were women. And, you know, it's not hard to figure out that it, within that population, there's a lot of men who are thinking, maybe I don't want to be in this block. <laughs> right maybe I'm going to go to another block and I got a really easy out. And then you can just go be a predator somewhere else. Wow. And federal law requires it, right? Well, so, one of the uh, one of the things I've been hearing is there, there's um, there's a um, 
RIFRA is one of the sort yeah. of um, uh, protections that you know a lot of conservatives have pointed to and has done a lot of legwork and a lot of heavy lifting for protecting religious rights. And I don't even remember what RIFRA stands for. You have to remind me. Um, but I've been but I've been told that this would basically steamroll RIFRA. RIFRA would be gone. Is that true? Yeah, it, it, it specifically denies the RIFRA standard. Now, RIFRA is the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Yeah, and there's it. a whole history behind it. But basically, it sa- what it says is that the government cannot take away religious freedom without having a compelling interest in doing so that is narrowly tailored to that interest. And that's legal jargon there. Yeah. But it basically codified a Supreme Court decision that that um, that raised the standard after a couple of decisions that basically made it too easy for the government to um, take away people's religious freedom. So RIFRA was passed uh, during the Clinton administration unanimously. It was literally unanimous wow. In, wow. in the House. And this is President Clinton. And there were two votes against it in the Senate. Okay. And, and I don't fully understand why that was. So this was in the you know mid nineties. Right. Everybody believed religious freedom was a good thing. Now religious freedom is quote unquote code for discrimination. The left, as a as a matter of dogma, now opposes religious freedom as it has always been understood. And so yes, the Equality Act specifically uh, removes that standard. Uh, from the government, so the government can take away people's religious freedom whenever they want. Can I just ta- ask you about that? Because wasn't it McConnell and Clinton that put that bill together? So they worked on that together. Was that right? Well, probably. I, I'm the, the history of that. I'm gonna have to go back. At one point, I knew more about the, the the history of that than I do. I know that Pelosi voted for it. Yeah. You know, the Kennedys voted for it. A whole bunch of lefties. Right. Clinton voted for it. Yeah. Biden voted for it. Right. There's a lot of people who are contemporary who who were then when when religious freedom was not wow. yeah. uh, what it is now. Yeah. Um, yes. Everybody used to believe in the First Amendment when liberals were liberal. <laughs> but wow. but I, I, I guess going back and kind of looking at that a little bit, that's not we're looking at that as some sort of dam that's holding us up. But it's not really a strong one because it still allows for the government to have some sort of say in this that. And that's not defined, especially with the emergency orders that we have now. We can see that that emergencies themselves aren't defined when the government is leaving that kind of language in the bill. That's not clearly defined. It leaves them a chance to say, oh, but this right here is discrimination. We don't like this, which is kind of what the the act is doing right now. So even that isn't a standard for us to be holding to. We want something stronger than that, don't we, Joseph? Well, there isn't really there's nothing stronger than 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 the RIFRA standard that exists. We've never we've never had a legal framework where people can do anything they want for religious justification. You can't beat your kid and say, you know, I I, I do this because it's my religious freedom and I have the right to do so. So there's there there has to the standard is and and we're not going to get really boring about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a a legal class, but you have to have a compelling government interest, which means the government has to have a really good reason to do what they're doing. And the action that they're taking yeah. taking has to be very narrowly tailored to accomplish that interest, but, right? They can't do a whole bunch of other things. Right. Like yeah. mandates. And, yeah. yeah, and it seems like there's kind of a sleight of hand that's happening here where they're playing with the word... Uh, um, Compelling interest. No, no, discrimination. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, where they're saying, oh, yeah. you know, like a man can use a public bathroom. Right. But they're saying it's discrimination for a man who identifies a woman not to be allowed to use a woman's bathroom. So they're taking the definition of discrimination right. and, and kind of, you know, well, slide a hand with it. But they did, although they did this in 1964, and now we're just building off how we can make the word, uh, dis, yeah. you know, discrimination morph into our sexuality. So they aren't really being discriminated. No one's really being withheld any rights, really. 
It's just I, they want to exercise their rights in a certain way that actually and and, and it actually hinges well, actually, on others. And this actually touches on right? I, the your your dragonade point. Actually, yeah. I, I think this runs right in. Can can you explain? We had to look this up before the show. Um, yeah. You wrote an article. We aren't very smart. You wrote an article at the Christian Post: um, the Equality Act, or is the Equality Act Biden's dragonade? So, but first of all, you've got to define for us what is dragonade and what great is, term. And what does this have to, yeah. have to do with the Equality Act? Well, it, it is. And, and this is new to me as well. I, and I was I was actually reading this book by Glenn Sunshine called Slaying Leviathan and it's a, the church history yeah. on religious freedom. And it's a great I commend it to you if you just kind of want a historical understanding of how the church has been kind of navigating these things. But the backstory of this dragon aid in uh, in 16th century France was um, Henry the fourth, King Henry the fourth. Um, was trying to basically negotiate peace between the Protestant and Catholic factions. And after they had repelled Spanish invaders together, he issued something called the Edict of Nantes in uh, 1598, I believe was the year. And when he basically, uh, he set off certain towns for Protestants and said, you guys can be Protestant, you can worship however you want, and the Catholics cannot bother you. Okay. And And the Edict of Nantes was in effect until... It was in perpetuity or until religious agreement was reached. And so it was like this reference to this moment where the Protestants and Catholics would have res- would have resolved all of their differences. They now agree again. Therefore, there's no need for the Edict of Nantes, right? Okay. 80 years later, uh, Charles XIV is the king of France, and he is uh, he's less inclined to tolerate the Protestants. And he decides he wants to uh, create religious agreement, which would then nullify the Edict of Nantes. Okay. And the way he did that was through something called a dragonade. And I'll actually, and I'll read how it was described in his book, because it's the best way I can, I know how to oh, do it. Yeah, so sure. We like Glenn says, Sunshine. Yeah. This is we again, know Glenn Sunshine in his book, Slaying Leviathan. He said, in a dragonade, a company of dragoons, mounted infantrymen, would move into a village and would be billeted in Protestant homes. Of course, that means they lived with them. The dragoons were instructed to do as much damage to the house and family as possible. Stores were ruined, property stolen, furniture, household goods, even buildings were damaged or destroyed. Members of the family attacked. In short order, the family would be bankrupted or worse, and then the dragoons would move on to the next Protestant household. To keep from being forced to billet the soldiers, all you needed to do was convert to Catholicism. So that was a dragoon, and that was that was Charles XIV's plan, right. and he convinced a lot of people to convert because the option to converting was moving to a new place or having all of your stuff destroyed. Right. And and what do you know? He reached what he considered to be um, religious agreement, <laughs> Unity, and the yeah. Nantes was nullified, and there was no longer religious freedom because he determined there was no need for it because everybody agreed. Wow, that's like Biden's unity. And yeah, well, exactly. That's the question. And, and and so what we see here with the Equality Act and really it, it what it does in, in effect is is create a phrase that I like is economic terrorism. Okay. It doesn't actually throw people in prison, but it destroys people's businesses. Yep. It destroys their ability to enter certain professions. It destroys their nonprofit organizations. It just, you know, it destroys their civic institutions. We see what, you know, right. Boy Scouts, sports leagues. All of these things that are being kind of brought down by this movement, and, and and but if you want to avoid 
the economic disaster that would befall you that would disqualify your company from competing for federal contracts. All you have to do is convert and then you can live freely. If you don't convert, then your life is a lot harder than everybody else. Do you think that we kind of did the same thing with the civil rights movement with that, with the civil rights act? Did, did, did we kind of do the same thing? Because or did we set ourselves or, or did up we for set this? ourselves up for it in, in the Civil Rights Act because we didn't see everything that could be attached to it? Because right now, they're not attaching to anything else. They're attaching directly to the Civil Rights Act and said this is perfectly ripe soil for us to be able to get in here on this. Well, if your question is, did the Civil Rights Act and, and laws prohibiting discrimination, did, did that lay the foundation for this? Yeah. Of course. The answer is yes. And there are people um, who argue in a principled and I think persuasive way that the Civil Rights Act shouldn't exist. The people should be free to be as mean as they want to be. And you got to allow society to work through that. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of people who would be uncomfortable with that because then in theory, you could have a restaurant that serves only white people. Should that be legal or just terrible? That's kind of the question. Right, but right. once you take away that once the government is involved in arbitrating those interactions in the market, right. they determine on what basis. And with the Civil Rights Act, we would all agree that that kind of discrimination should not occur on the basis of race. We've talked and about that. should not occur on the basis of gender. But now the government's saying that discrimination can't occur on the basis of this man thinks he's a woman, therefore must be treated as a woman. Right. So when we ceded that power to the government, yes, we did give the, the government the authority to determine the grounds upon which discrimination could or could not occur. Mm-hmm. We talked about this on the show uh, where the Civil Rights Act uh, it went from the government protecting kind of your rights and acknowledging your rights to defining your rights. That's what the Civil Rights Act like, basically yeah, did. Po- positively um, defining. It, defining yeah. and like making room for. We, we got this from Christopher Caldwell's that's book. That's right. Um, Civil Engagement. Uh, it's a- Age of Entitlement. Age that's of what entitlement. it is. Um, yeah. But, but that, that's what he traces in in a pretty trenchant way saying that we went, yeah, we went from the government basically just protecting and giving giving room for freedom and rights to actually saying if unless the government actually um, sort of goes the distance in ensuring that you're exercising your right in whatever way you think it needs to be insured, then you don't really have it. Right. And, and of course, it started with sort of the, a, a kind of camel under the, under the tent with um, things we, we, we would all be sympathetic with, the, you know, that you shouldn't discriminate based on race or, or gender. Right. Um, but now it's, if, if the government isn't affirming your rights and actually going out of its way to, to provide for those rights right. – um, then you don't really have them, and so if the if the gender you know the sexually confused man thinks uh, my identity is really is found in playing women's sports or being in That's a woman's right. locker room, until the government is ushering me into that place, I don't really have that right. Well, I think uh, you know part of part of all this is we're we're now we've turned government into a god in a way like we've we've never had in the past. Yeah, because now we're constantly lobbying our god for our rights. Yeah. And, and, the, and the government is, is this God who every 10 years gets a request for new rights. <laughs> yeah. Joseph, um, it looks like um, – sorry, I interrupted you. No, I, no, he's, no, Joseph, you got my head spinning. There's so much I want to talk about with the Civil Rights Act because I feel like if we kind of get that right, then what we have now is a different outcome when it comes to this, the Equality Act and what it looks like and how we should be treating people. Because I guess there's a point in with discrimination, like you don't want to discriminate – uh, wrongly, right? You want to have proper discrimination because they're discriminating with this bill. 
they're saying you can't do this. Well, the, and, they're, and they go back to the to the Dragon Aid um, picture. I mean, basically, all the women in the locker room, or all the women in sports, or all right. the Christian colleges, they're the ones getting discriminated against. Yeah, you know, somebody's getting discriminated against. Um, and right, right, absolutely. So you can't. It's it's, it's, right. un, it's unavoidable. So there's no neutrality here. But so, that, but that's got my head going one way. I would love to talk to you more about that. But I really want to. Right now, what's in front of us is the Equality Act. Yep. And it's already passed the House. This thing, the repercussions of this, we're looking at a different America after this passes, if, if it passes in the Senate, which is my question. Do you think this, this will pass in the Senate? I think that it has an uphill battle in the Senate because unless they do away with this filibuster, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the Senate, you really have to get 60 votes on big stuff like this. And if they change the rules, that would be kind of the nuclear option. Are they going to do it on this? I don't think so. And they're not going to get 60 votes in favor of this. Now, they'll try to probably attach it in a reconciliation move and try to attach it to the budget, which I also don't think that would work. Um, So this is a they're going to try. And I think on our end, a lot of the people who are tracking the stuff in in D.C., um, are, are concerned as much about the fairness for all, which is kind of the Utah compromise, yeah. which tries to kind of like split the baby, which is Horrible. still a problem yep. as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Um, but, you know, they're going to certainly try the, the Equality Act. But right now, I my hope certainly and my belief is that it will not become law in a 50-50 Senate. What so, would it take for them to like get rid of the filibuster? Wouldn't you need a filibuster to get rid of the filibuster? Uh, what, 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 can, can, can you tell us what the filibuster is? <laughs> just, say, yeah. just for yeah, those filibuster. Of us? You know, the filibuster. Uh, well, it, you know, I am. I, I, I very quickly get out of my depth in, in kind of parliamentary rules in, in the Senate. But it basically allows a, the, the, the minority party to stop a vote. Um, to, to to not go to voting on a law okay. uh, on, on one of the bills. And they can basically filibuster, old school filibusters where you just stand up and talk yeah. as long as you want. Now you don't have to do that, but you can effectively do the same thing and prevent anything from moving forward. So it takes 60 votes to stop that from happening and get to the point where you can vote on the passage of the bill. You said big bills get filibusters. Um, can, how do you define what a big bill is, what a small yeah, bill which, is? Which, which ones well, apply? When does it apply or not? Well, apply? The, the, the rules are no different. No, uh, well, the, it, when I say big bills, things that are really important that, uh-huh. uh, that, that get a lot of attention in, 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 in politically are really significant. Okay. So. That's what I mean by big bills and little bills. It's not like there's a separate. You file them in different ways. Okay. Because yeah, I think so. It's like a subjective uh, political national uh, motivation to do filibuster to require filibuster. Um. Well. No, it, the rules apply uh, equally to every single bill. And again, very quickly, I'm not going to be able to explain all the okay, nuances okay, of all okay. the things. But, but w- with the Senate, you can attach certain bills. You can attach them to budgets. You can attach them to some amendments. Okay. Then you have standalone pieces of legislation. And so at every stage of, of the legislative process, there are maneuvers that can take place. But at all times, in order to get to final passage, you can stop a bill from getting the final passage and is, um, by using a filibuster. Is it true then that this is a the filibuster applies primarily to the decision to bring something to a vote? Yes, is that correct? And if you can't bring it to a vote, you can't vote on. Then you can't. It. Vote so on. If, if it came to a vote, then it, it would be a you know up or down. But and if you can't bring it to a vote, that can never happen. Right, and you okay. need, and you need sixty it. votes to at least agree to bring something to a vote. 
Correct. And and the nuclear yeah. option that you referred to means uh, the Senate somehow votes to end that procedural rule. Yes, and, and that's happened recently um, with respect to judge nominations. And we, yeah. we know that um, – it was Harry Reid, right, who ended, yeah. the, ended the filibuster for judicial nominations, right. okay. and they ruined the day for four years during <laughs> right. the government. Right. Yeah. He, was, he was taking advantage of that. So are they going to do it again? You know? <laughs> right. Uh, most people say no, but we can't know that. For Can sure. Democrats remember that far back? Uh, no. Uh, uh, only, uh, only, uh, they only remember racists that far back. I, to be fair, I don't know Republicans can either, but um, – you mentioned fairness for all. Um, I think it's worth us touching yeah, on that. What's that? Um, what's that bill? Fairness for all basically allows. Um, I, I'm gonna. I have not studied on this recently, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna okay. speak from memory and hopefully get this accurate. Sure. Uh, accurately, excuse me. Um, the, it basically allow. It prohibits some form of discrimination on the basis of gender identity and. Um, in sexual orientation. So it includes parts of that, like in housing um, and employment discrimination, but it still maintains some of the religious exemptions for organizations. So it would basically bind um, people in the marketplace, but religious organizations would continue to be able to operate as religious organizations according to their conviction. And why is this a bad idea, Joseph? Because, I mean, people live their faith, not just in church. And, and you have it, what we don't want to do is embrace this idea that the only place you get to be a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim or anything else is when you're in your church, synagogue or, yeah. or, or mosque. Right. That, that's not what the First Amendment is about. The First Amendment does not protect your right to the freedom of worship. It protects your right to the freedom of religion, yeah. which means everywhere I am, I'm motivated by my beliefs. And, and, and the First Amendment recognizes my belief to be who I am, wherever I am. Increasingly, we're, we're seeing this desire to say, yeah, you still have your First Amendment rights because we haven't gotten inside your head and told you what to think. Mm. And you're still allowed to pray on Sunday. Ooh. And that's just not what the First Amendment is about. And, well. and here's, here's the thing is the Fairness for All Act is being pushed largely by Christian universities. Okay. So the CCCU, that's right. the Council of Christian Colleges and Universities, uh, a lot of this movement for the fairness right. of all is coming from them. And the reason why it's coming from them is because follow the money, federal yeah. money. They're trying to These Christian money. colleges are trying to carve out room right. to be able to keep their federal money while making the you know the, the Senate or put, the, 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 put the Congress pincha, happy. Put the pinch of incense that's on the exactly altar right. and just leave us alone. It also seems to me like one of these, like, you know, Lucy with the football plays is like, this time we will, we will leave you alone. Like, the, they've, yeah. been, they, they've been coming for us for decades. No, yeah. no, they, they, like, yeah. I mean, this is the Desensitize, kind of... Desensitize, jam, and convert. Yeah, that's yeah. their plan. This is the kind of thing that, you know, naive um, evangelical Christians would fall for. Yeah. Right? Like, hey, don't you know what they're doing? Joseph, right. I wanted to ask you, because you this is where I think you, you do great work at. I remember when we were had a conference in um, uh, Seattle, and you said if people just spend 10 minutes a year, we could change, you know, a lot in America. What do we do about this? What is what is the mom at home who's podcasting this or the, the guy who's in this truck? What, what's what can we actually do about this? Because it's moving on up. It's at the Senate. How can yeah. we make sure that some we support this not going through? Yeah, well, everybody needs to reach out to their U.S. senator and tell them not to support this thing. And, and they need to feel that heat. And depending on where you live, that's going to matter more than other places. But there are senators in places who are, you know, purplish states yeah. that um, that that are going to have to think about the politics of this. And what you really want to do is you want to make them afraid to take the wrong vote on mm. the Senate in, in afraid in a political sense, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so they need to hear from tons of their constituents 
that this is something that matters to them. They, they know about it. They care about it. And it's an issue that they're going to be voting on. And if, you know, if you have 60 million people who make that phone call today, you know, those who identify as evangelical Christians in America, right. I mean, you guarantee and, and everybody can do that in about 90 seconds if they know how, but not most people don't know how. Right. But if everybody does that, can you kill the Equality Act dead? Yeah, absolutely. You can. That's, we actually, if you have the Fight, Laugh, Feast app, in the notes, we will have a link to the Equality Act, the bill itself. At, where is that at? I found it. Yeah, yeah. Congress.gov. Congress, Congress.gov. You can go there, and at the right-hand side of the screen, there's a place for you to contact your representative, your congressman, and be able to get there. I want to add to um, pray. Yeah. Pray first. Yeah. Ask God to say first repent of your own sins, but then ask God to turn our hearts towards him. Because the problem isn't the quality act. The problem is that our hearts and our minds are not turned towards the Lord. And so we're getting slaughtered here when we see this happening in our land. And yeah. so without prayer, I don't care how many times you call and c- contact your senator. We right. need God to move in the hearts of men, and it starts with us first repenting ourselves. Put, putting pressure on your senator is a stopgap. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think, but we need the Lord to work for there's us. There's also, right. I mean, the, the the liberals, the left, you know, and even members of the, some some members of the right, like their religion is politics, right? And so for lots of us, we're like, you know, I've got um, little kids to take care of, I got work to do, I got church yeah. on Sunday, I got Sunday night church, you know, I got whatever. You do, we do all these other things, and politics is on the side. Yeah. Um, but when when you're under attack like this. You really do need to take out your 90 seconds, your two minutes, your three minutes. I just clicked on the link and it, it said, you know, contact your Congress member. I put in Idaho and up popped my senators. I can click on it right there and, con- and, yeah. and I can start. I can send an email. You can send an email in five minutes. Right. Um, it, you know, it isn't it isn't your God. That's Politics right. is not your savior. Right. Jesus right. is your savior. That's right. But you know what? These representatives do represent you. Yeah. Yep. So let them know what you think. And they're hearing from some people. They are. Yeah. yeah the people who right. think that this is their God and their That's savior. Right. They're hearing from That's them right. all day long. Yep. But they need to hear from some sane people who say, hey, I believe in God. I believe in truth. Um, don't vote for the Equality Act. Joseph, we know that you're going to be all over this, too. So how can we follow you and keep in touch with what you're doing? Well, I, I work for the Family Research Council. Much of my work, I'm a senior fellow there, and you can find that at frc.org. I write on their blog, frc.org slash blog. You can find me on Twitter, at Joseph Backholm, if yeah. you can figure out how to spell that. And I, I sometimes, uh, you know, I, I chatter there sometimes as well. You think that, that um, they might let you do a podcast on the network? I'm just wondering if, yeah, if they know, would let you. Well, we've, been you know, about, we've been talking about this uh, for a while. We have been. I, I, I still love the idea yeah yes. you know hug it tight well we still love the idea okay <laughs> yeah come you're on right. joseph you're right no, what do we, I, what do we I, gotta I do love, and i appreciate that go, go to joseph's twitter page and tell him to join the network yeah. Yeah. just takes five minutes just takes five minutes you talk to your congressman listen if you're single get married joseph thank you for joining us brother appreciate you yeah, and everything pleasure, you guys. do thank you if you're single get married if you're married have kids and if you have kids go baptize them until sunday love god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself go fight laugh and feast this is cross politics